Hello, this is Brian Lane, lead pastor of FAM Church, and this is our podcast, God's Will, something that many believers struggle with discovering. In this message from James chapter 4, we get some practical and helpful tips to discover God's will for our life. After the service this morning, we have got some more people, or we've got a few people taking their next step in their spiritual journey by being water baptized today. And yeah, that's really exciting too. And it kind of... It indirectly fits in with our message this morning, which is, I hadn't planned it that way. I didn't know this is what I was going to be talking about when I listed the book of James up on my big board in my office, but somehow God has just a way of working these things out, and so it's cool, we're excited, we're ready to go, I hope you are too. And uh, to start off with this morning, I want to start with a thought, and that thought is, have you ever thought about the reasons that you do things? Have you ever just thought about the reasons why you do crazy things, like even normal things? Like, have you ever thought about, what's the reason I like the TV shows that I like to watch? Has that ever crossed your mind? Or maybe, why do I like the movies that I like? You know, are you a romance or a romantic comedy person, or are you an all-action, all-the-time sort of person? And then you got to ask yourselves why, because, you know, i got to have action going all the time. Okay, it's got to be non-stop action. Usually when it's non-stop action, there is a high body count in the movie. And so I say to myself, okay, why am I doing this? Okay, I'm a follower of Jesus, and hundreds, maybe thousands of people have just died at the hands of one man like Rambo. Rambo's got a new movie coming out, if any of you uh, were. We're interested in that. 70-year-old Sylvester Stallone taking on the cartels in Mexico. (laughs) Insane. But, I mean, it's really hard. I just can't picture a 70-year-old dude killing hundreds of cartel members. It's just hard for me to grasp. Maybe those of you who are 70 can say, I can see it. I just can't, okay? But, I mean, why do we like those? Why do we like the moo or the, the cars that we like to drive, okay? Everybody has a certain type of car. Oh, that's my dream car. If I could have that vehicle, it would be so awesome. We've got, and each, for each person, it's a different kind of car. And so, why? I mean, I have a friend. How about the foods that you hate, okay? Um, or the foods that you like. Do you know why you like or hate them? I have a friend that hates onions. He absolutely hates them. But he knows why. He knows the reason why. See, when he was a kid, he grew up really poor, and his next-door neighbors grew onions in their fields. And so what would happen is these neighbors would harvest all of these onions, and they couldn't use them all, and so he would, they would give them to his family, and they would literally use them on everything. It didn't matter the meal. There was onions on it. And so he is like, do not get an onion anywhere near my food. Okay, I'm that way with casseroles. We had this discussion at my house last night. Shepherd's pie. Who are shepherd pie fans in this room? Okay, for some reason, this is a very popular dish. Can I tell you, when I was a kid, it was like almost every day we had casseroles for dinner. I do not ever want to see another casserole in my life. I absolutely hate them. I don't like shepherd's pie. Keep it away from me, okay? I was really disappointed, those of you who were here a couple of years ago, when a shepherd's pie won our pie contest, okay? That's not a pie, for the love of God. All right. A little bit of rant there. Then, like the question, why do we find certain people attractive? Have you ever asked yourself, well, why do you find that person attractive and that person not? Or, or, uh, you know, six months ago, Dana and I, we were having this discussion. She said uh, to me, you know, most pastor's wives, they're blonde. And, And so I said to myself, no, that can't be right. And so what I did was I kind of took an informal survey and I opened up Facebook 
And so I started going to all of my friends who are pastors' Facebook pages to see what color hair their wives had. And the crazy thing about it was 75% of them had a blonde wife. So the question becomes, one, why do so many pastors want a wife with blonde hair? Okay? Then the second question that flows from that is, what is wrong with me? Because there are some beautiful blonde women. However, I find darker hair more attractive than blonde hair. I mean, that's just the way it is. Does that mean I don't belong up here preaching on a Sunday morning because I don't find blonde hair the most attractive hair? Now, if I were to grow my hair out, maybe someday I'll do it for you guys, but it is light, light blonde. And so maybe it was just that thing where I didn't want the same thing that I had. I don't know. But most of you have probably never thought of half of these things that I just talked about, but I like to think about why. And in our text this morning, we're going to be answering a why question that deals with why we do what we do in life. And so we're going to be in the book of James once again this morning, chapter 4. We're going to be reading verses 13 through 17. Uh, James is a letter in the New Testament close to the end. And so if you are familiar with where it's at, you are welcome to turn there. If you are not able to locate it or do not have a Bible, we've got you covered. It'll be on the screen behind me. Uh, this is what it says in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Now listen. You who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And so here is James. He's answering the question that many of us who have been a follower of Jesus for a long time have asked ourselves at some point in time. And that question is this, what is God's will for my life? See, and James was really not happy in this case, in this place, with the answer that the church gave to the people that he wrote this letter to and how they determined God's will. They were asking themselves the wrong question to figure that out. See, they were determining God's will based upon how financially a blessing it would be for what they would go and do. They were looking at themselves and saying, okay, If I go and do this, am I going to make a lot of money? Is something good going to happen to me? If that's it, then that must be God's will for me. He calls using profit and personal gain as the determining factor arrogant, evil, and sinful. Some more tough words from James, as we've seen throughout this whole book. He's kind of a guy who likes to speak tough words into the lives of believers. And I think before we get into that, though, we need to figure out what this term God's will even is, because for some of you in here, that may sound like a really strange, strange idea. And so what is it? What does someone mean when they say, I want what God's will is for me? Well, God's will is a phrase that follower of Jesus used to describe the direction that God is taking their life in. This direction involves all sorts of things. It involves our career. It involves where we should live and how we should live. It involves who we marry and the people we are in relationship with. It should also involve what we do with our day and the time that we have separate from work. It's an all-encompassing thing. 
It's something that should actually move our life forward in the direction that we are called to go. Now, in saying all of that, there are a few things that we should know about God's will and how it works in real life. And the first thing is that following God's will is about faith. And so some of you may say, well, what does faith even mean? Faith is this thing where we just basically believe what God has to say regardless of what else is going on around us. We look at what God has said, we look at what God has spoken, we look at God and what he has determined and we say to ourselves, God, you know what, even though everything in my brain is telling me that I should not go that way because you have spoken it, that is the direction I am going to go. And that's what faith is, it's just stepping out and saying, this may seem crazy, this may seem insane, but God, I am going to do it. So in the realm, if we put this in the realm of God's will, it's about trusting and believing that God in his wisdom knows what the best things are for our life, even though it doesn't look like it to us. And see, that's the most challenging aspect of this whole God's will thing, is releasing control of our life. That's the primary issue that James is dealing with in the church that he's writing to in this situation. He's uh, concerned that the primary way they're determining God's will is by asking the question, are we going to make money? Why, yes, we are. Well, then it must be God. And I'm sure the reason that they did that is because, one, who wouldn't want to go someplace and make lots of money? Is there anybody in here who says, I do not want to go anywhere and make lots of money? Anyone? Everyone wants to make money in here, right? Okay, so let's lay that. And so, why would God not want me to make money? I'm sure he would. Making money is not the issue here. See, God is not opposed to people making money. However, it's not God's primarily, primary concern in life. He's not sitting up there going, how much money are they going to make? How much money are they going to make enough money? See, that's the American concern. But see, God is far more concerned with the difference we are going to make for him in the times and the finances that he has given us. He would rather us go someplace and bring glory to his name than to go someplace and make a lot of money. And I know that's tough to swallow, and you might be saying, but doesn't God want me to be happy and blessed? Yes, God wants us all to be happy and blessed. But do you know what's going to make us the happiest and give us the greatest blessing? doing God's will, okay? Living how he has called us to live. And that, I think, is the biggest stumbling block for so many of us American believers. We have a really hard time trusting God, especially when it comes to something like our finances. We have a hard time saying to God, God, here's my check, like this is my checkbook now. I only use my phone and my app on my phone. Has anybody gotten to that place? I have to write one check per month Because my HOA does not accept anything but checks, and I lose my checkbook every month, and so my payment is always late. Seriously, I can't keep track of my checkbook because I never use it anymore. But it's about taking this and handing it over to God and saying, God, you've got this. Because what we generally do is we will say to God, God, you know what? you got so many other problems in the world to worry about. You know, there's wars and conflicts and problems and issues. Let me worry about my money and you worry about all those other things. Why do we do that? Because we've got goals, right? We've got dreams. We've got plans for our life. And we don't want Jesus and his will interfering with those. Because we know what kind of house we want to live in. The type of upgrades it should have. And how it should be decorated. 
We know the kind of car we need to drive, and we won't settle for anything less. Our kids are not to be deprived of the best, and so I need to be able to afford all the things I want and need for them. And if I follow God's will on this, I may have to settle for less, and that is unacceptable. But see, we're never going to be in the place of seeing God's full and true will in our lives if we can't have faith and believe that he is trustworthy and will do what's best for us. See, that's why faith is so important when it comes to God's will for our life. A second thing that we need to know about God and his will is that he's not going to give us the picture of everything that's going to happen in our lives. So that's what so many people want and expect from God. God, I want to know your will, and so we're hoping that we'll fall asleep one night and we'll have this like seven-hour dream that's going to reveal everything that's going to take place for the next 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, right? That's our hope. That's our goal. God's just going to show it all to me, so I got that plan. If God were to give us that plan, we would all screw it up. Can I tell you that? I mean, think about it. We would do everything that we could to help God along in making sure that plan took place. I can already see it now in this day of social media, okay? You're asleep one night, and God shows you the face and name of the person that you're going to marry. We wouldn't just sit back and wait for that person to walk into our life, would we? We would get on Facebook We would get on Instagram, we would get on Snapchat, we would get on Twitter, we would find them, and we would stalk the crap out of them, wouldn't we? (laughs) We'd show up at their jobs, you know, we'd sit outside their house in our car, and you know what that would do? That would cause that whole thing to not happen, because that guy or that girl would go, oh my gosh, they're crazy, they need to stay away from me, okay? That's how it works, I mean, even, I even think about my coming here to fam church, You know, I remember I was at Marion Oaks Assembly of God um, as the youth pastor, and the church uh, was in financial trouble, and they had notified me that they weren't going to be able to pay me anymore come the end of the year. And it just so happened that at that time, the pastor, uh, Ken Belbin, had left the church, and they were looking for another pastor. I had seen that this church was looking for a pastor, but I did not submit my resume. I waited until 2014 when the church was looking again. But see, what would have happened is if God had told me that someday you were going to be the pastor at Fam Church in 2011, I would have done everything that I could to try and make this happen. And when they turned me down, because I guarantee you they would have turned me down because the church was bigger. I was a youth pastor. I mean, I had a bigger youth group than you guys had church at the time, but that's beside the point. Um, And so when 2014 happened and the church was looking again, I wouldn't have even submitted my resume. God instead leads us one step at a time through our life. As we need to know what the next step is, he reveals it so that we don't wreck it. And that's what we've got to remember in all of this. It's a one step at a time, each and every single day. God's showing us what the next step is. God knows when the right time is to reveal stuff to us. He knew when the right time was to reveal to me the next step in my spiritual journey, in my walk, in my ministry. And God does the same for you. And he wanted to do the same thing for the people in the book of James. That's why it's so important to put James's words into practice here and making sure that we pray and ask God before we make decisions in life. We've got to go to God and say, yo, Holmes, is this your will? 
What do you want me to do here? Now, there are a couple of things in this that we do need to be aware of, okay? The first thing is that not every issue in your life is a God's will sort of issue, all right? So you're sitting here today, and you're trying to determine where you should go eat after church. You're trying to decide between Chili's and Applebee's. Some of you, you may not have to think about this, but for others of you, you're saying to yourself, oh my goodness, what do I do? Let me pray and see what God's will is for me. Is it Chili's or is it Applebee's? Do I need to go have a chicken sandwich at PDQ? The new Chick-fil-A is opening this coming week. Maybe you need a chicken sandwich, okay? Those are the kind of decisions that we don't need to stop and pray and ask God about, okay? You don't need to stop and pray and ask God, should I eat here or should I eat there? God has given us a brain and the ability to make those sort of decisions on our own without having to pray about it. Should I brush my teeth or do you have a divine purpose for my bad breath? See, I've told this story before, this next one I'm going to tell, and so just don't check out on me if you've heard it before. You know what the, one of the most challenging things is about putting together a message? Finding new stories to tell, okay? Because my life has only been so long, and I only have so many stories that relate, okay? And so at the first church I went to after I became a follower of Jesus, there was this dude that was really serious about God's will. Okay, he was super serious about God's will. He prayed about everything. You'd go up to him after church on a Saturday night, and I can't even remember the guy's name, but you'd go up to him and you'd say, hey man, we're gonna go out to eat. Would you like to go out to eat with us? He would stop. He would lift his hands. I'm not joking, okay? He would lift his hands, and he would start to pray. And you would just stand there looking at him while he's standing there like this praying. Yes, God says I can go out to eat, okay? But then there came the next question. Where do you want to go out to eat? Okay, that would involve him stopping and lifting his hands again and praying, God, where should I go eat? Don't do that. God doesn't need to make every decision in our life. Where should I eat after church? Should I have steak or chicken? God doesn't care if you have steak or chicken. The only thing that God says is do not eat turkey burger or turkey bacon because it's from the pit of hell, Kelly Moreno. Write that down. All right. A third thing about God's will is that we already have most of God's will for our lives already laid out for us. You may be saying to yourself, well, how? It's found in the collection of books that we call the Bible. See, most of the information that we need in direction in life is found in there. So you're saying to yourself, Should I go rob the cell station in order to get money to eat afterwards, after church? No. God has made it clear stealing is bad. We shouldn't do that. Instead, in multiple places, God talks about work is the way to provide for all that you need. Or how about this one? Who should I marry? Guess what? The Bible has an answer to that as well. Do they measure up to the picture of what a person who is a committed follower of Jesus looks like according to what the books of the Bible say? Do they have the characteristics of a godly husband or wife as described in the books of the Bible? Are you both going in the same direction? If those three questions you can answer yes to, 
It's good, it's okay, you can marry that person. Too many people are waiting for the one to come along. God has given us the one in the scriptures and he just says, look, if you find a wife, and that includes, you know, if you find a husband, you find a good thing. He's like, search for one, look for these requirements, and when you find it, you got her, you got him. Follow the principles laid out in the Bible and you are good. How about the big question of what is my purpose in life? Well, the Bible tells us that too. He's given us one purpose in life and that purpose is to make his name known. Whatever you are doing, wherever you are at, our number one purpose is to make Jesus known. Making his name known is a purpose that is higher than our job, it's higher than our education, it's even higher than our family. What? God expects me to care more about his mission than my family? Yes, because your number one mission field is your family. Your responsibility, my responsibility, is to show our families who Jesus is and what it looks like to serve him so that you're able to spend eternity with them. And this is where you can find 90% of God's will for your life is reading in the books of the Bible, going through those books, taking those principles, seeing what they say and applying to our life, and that's where you can find most of God's will. Now, some of the stuff is not spoken about, okay? There's some stuff that's just not spoken about, and so we need something called special guidance. Special guidance is where the books of the Bible are silent or unclear, and so we ask God what his direction is. In other words, we need him to lead us and guide us into what the best decision is for our life. We see this in the text as what James is describing falls into this category as well. How? Because making money is fine. God is not opposed to it. There's nothing wrong. In, um, there's also nothing in these books that tells us where we're supposed to work, right? It tells us we are supposed to work, but it doesn't tell us what we are to do and where we are to do it. And so for that, we need God to speak to us. And so James is saying here, look, go to God. Pray to God. Ask God. God in those areas where the, the, the scriptures, where the books of the Bible are not clear. And I know this is really hard, okay? It's really hard, why? Because God doesn't provide instant answers in anything. In life, we're instant answer people, right? That's why we have text messages, so we can, at a moment's notice, text anybody and get a reply within seconds. And for some of us, our, 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 thing, our phone even tells us when the person has read it, right? Isn't that the best when you look down and you see read and you've just been left unread for five minutes, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, six hours? We like things instantly. We like to have things right away. And so we struggle with this whole thing of sitting there and waiting because God usually doesn't provide the instant answers we are looking for. It takes time and many times we have to ask more than once and we don't like that. We want to ask and have an immediate answer to our question and we also want that answer to make the most sense to us and be the most beneficial from our perception to our life. And God doesn't always do that. When God speaks, when God leads, when God guides, many times he's gonna do things that we're gonna look at and we're gonna say, that's a little crazy. That's a little nutty. That's a little out there. God, I'm not so sure if this is something I am comfortable with. But if we really want God's will, plan, and direction for our life, we have to be willing 
to look at those things, to look at this stuff that he says to us that makes us uncomfortable and say, you know what, just like that song, God, your will be done, I am going to go and I am going to step out and I am going to do it. But it also, of course, leads to another problem that comes out of this, and that is when we get an answer, how can we be sure that this is God? Because, you see, even when we do get an answer, sometimes we are not sure it's from God, especially if it's an answer that we don't want. And see, that's a tough question to answer because there's no solid stuff that I can give you. You know, like, take these three principles, and if that's true, then that must be God's will for your life. It's, it's not that easy. It's not something that we can just sit down and, and put in a little box and hand it to everybody and say, here, this is how you determine that in those situations. Many times we just have to go on our gut feeling. We have to know on the inside of us if there's something on the inside of us that's saying that this is the right thing, whether or not that gives us peace in life. Can I tell you, a lot of believers, I hear them say, I have a peace about it. I'm not necessarily sure that that's how God leads and guides. Because as I said, usually the places that God takes us and the things that God leads us into are a little bit scary, are a little bit challenging, are a little bit difficult. And many times looking at them from the outside and from our perspective, we look at them and we go, man, that looks intimidating, that looks scary, that looks like that could be a whole hot mess in my life, and so I really don't want to do that. But if we know within us that this is the right decision, If there's something within us that says this is the right way to go regardless of what all of this out here looks like when we make that decision, that's probably God's way of saying, you know what, this is the right step. This is the right direction. This is the place that you should head. And in that situation, it just all falls back on the first point we made in faith and trusting God, believing that he has the best for us And that anything else that we want is really not the best for our life. Man, we have to be in that place where we're saying to ourselves, you know what, God, I want your will. God, I want your plans. God, I want your purposes. I want what you have for me because God, ultimately, I know that's the best. Whether it's going to be the most profitable for my pocketbook as these believers were at in this situation here. But we also have to realize, as James said um, at the end of that section, he says, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. James is basically telling us, look, if we do this a different way, if we go about our plans and we don't worry about God's plans, it's boasting, it's arrogant, and it's evil. And if you're in here this morning and you're trying to pursue the presence of God in your life, but you're resisting something, there's something that God is speaking to you, there's something that God is pushing you forward in, he's saying, this is where I need you to go, and you're pushing back against it and saying, God, that's not what I want. You're boasting and saying that you're smarter, you're lifting up your own arrogance, and it's ultimately evil. And you need to put that down walk away from it and say, you know what, God, I'm going to go in the direction that you want for my life. 
And so step out from your fears. Step out from those things that are keeping you from following God's will in your life so that you can truly have the best, the best that God has to offer. And maybe not be the best according to your standards, but it'll be the best according to God and what he has to offer for your life. Thank you for joining us on the FAM Church Podcast. FAM Church is here to connect people to Christ. If you live in or are visiting the Lakeland, Florida area, we would love for you to join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. You can also check us out online at myfamchurch.com. Thank you again and have an amazing day.